It is a Tuesday. Proud to be with you today. Proud to be a part of you today. You're the biggest part of me, David Pack. It's pretty outstanding. Brian Hartman, you're the biggest part of me, man. As I welcome you in, brother. Is that a good jam or a bad jam, Brian, from the 70s? You're the biggest part of me. Well, to be the biggest part of you, that's kind of, uh, I don't know how to feel about that. Well, but that it, is a good song. It was either it's a great jam. Yeah, I, I do. That's a great that. jam. It's, it's pretty good. That's a great it's jam. Catchy. Great jam. That's a great jam, man. And then when people realized those were white guys with big afros, they were like, "Good night." Look at these dudes. Because that is some that is some sweet soul music, as the great Arthur Connolly once said. Today on the program. Brian made people mad yesterday, which was not of my intention. It really wasn't my intention, and I, and I do want to apologize to well, living listener that I made angry yesterday. Uh, people said you also I, had been dealing with a with a uh, tragic situation last week. Well, that's a good point. The basketball team didn't exactly help your mood any the way they looked against Auburn. And no. Honestly, uh, I, I don't know that they're built, and I should have said this, but I don't know if they're built to score very many fast break points the way they're kind of set up. Yep. Um, I guess I guess you just want to see them get one every once in a while. Mm-hmm. When you don't have any, I mean, you, you'd like to see at least somewhere between 6 to 10 maybe a game on average. Maybe well, you have a couple. I, I did a deep, transition. I did a deep dive last night. Looked in the you know last year with Kennedy Chandler because I thought maybe that will help us be a little more fair toward you know Barnsey, who's been so good here. And I get on here yesterday and I yell and scream. And, no, I don't mean to do that, you know. But and then I go to looking up, you know, how they did with Kennedy Chandler last year. But the truth is. They were 272 in America in fast break points last year at Kennedy Chandler. This year they're 299. This is the way this guy wants to play basketball. Now, some could say, well, he wins. He wins? You got no arguments with me. But I do want to apologize for coming on here and just saying that it was unwatchable. It is unwatchable, but I shouldn't be saying that out loud. I don't want to kill people's joy. Uh, but it is unwatchable, for the record. So I apologize if I offended you. And uh, you have to. The season prior to Kentucky, yeah, at home, was different than the season post Kentucky home loss. That's right. I think there was. I think there was some that were really starting to buy in. Yeah. They went on the road. They had that stinker at Colorado, but that happened so far early that they had the Kansas triumph and they had the battle of Atlantis when they won those three games, they went, they went on a neutral floor and beat Maryland sort of in what I think was more of a Maryland home game. And then they go to Arizona, look very representative in that game. And then they just come out and destroy a couple hapless. And they made Mississippi state look hapless. And then South Carolina, who is hapless. And you started to get some excitement. And then, Based on what happened last year to end, and then the Kentucky loss at home, when you honor Chris Lofton, I think just deflated a lot of people. And it's been hard. You had the Alabama win, but it's just been hard to really buy in for most fans. So I, I think there's a lot of people that sort of feel the same way. 
maybe that that's more than letting on. Yeah, and I don't. I just don't want to be that guy. So I, I just want to apologize for letting it all kind of get the best of me yesterday and just having some sodium pentothal and in me and not holding back. And I apologize. So I hope you'll accept my apology. Now, it is horrendous basketball um, in terms of watchability. I know it's uber effective, uber efficient. And Nashville Lee, I didn't mean to offend you. I know you cut a promo on me on Twitter yesterday. I didn't I didn't mean to offend you. So you know, I I realize we're we're playing now for computers. We're not this is not this is no longer about watchability and so maybe maybe at some point we'll just go stand in the corner and just run clocks down and you know, go back to the old four corners of Dean Smith. Maybe that's what we'll maybe that's what we'll do. Um, so, good Tuesday to you. Question for you on a basketball program. Here's your question, man. What a beautiful day it is here. You've been wanting all year. Everybody does all year to talk about the NCAA tournament. That's all all you've been wanting to do. We all have. Talking to Y last night, he, he was laughing at my uh, going off on the air yesterday. He goes, you know, Tony, you stirred people all up. You've got people on this chat site and that chat site, and people on Twitter are mad at you. And He said, I know you don't spend much time on Twitter, but people are mad at you, and some people were defending you. And He said, you know, what it comes down to for Rick Barnes is it's a lot like your 76ers. 76ers have been past the second round of the playoffs uh, twice in 38 years. I mean, they're working on a uh, they're working on a Tennessee basketball level of futility in the postseason. That's well, Tennessee basketball like. And in Sixer Nation, we we argue with each other and say, "Hey, you got to enjoy the games." Same kind of conversation we have. And people are looking at the Sixers and they're saying, well, they don't have enough bench to to beat anybody, you know, in the postseason. They might win a first-round series. As, a sta- as the way the standings draw, they're either going to fall, they're either going to uh, encounter Milwaukee or Boston in the second round. And that will be sayonara, sohiahe. So... I'm looking at this Tennessee basketball program, and I'm looking at the fact that ZZ's gone with the win, as the Van Zants once said. And I'm asking myself, and I'm asking you, and I'm going to ask you this today on the air. We don't know the draw. He said, Tony, what you have to admit, what your listeners have to admit, he's a smart guy. We talked about 45 minutes last night. He was giving me a download on some on some um, internal things and just some of the intri- intrigue around the program. He said, you know, Tennessee looked pretty good on offense here, Di. Like, their offensive metrics are creeping up into, like, the 30s. Now, defensively, they were terrible in the second half uh, the other day. But, you know, it is what it is. They played a team with a guy that hit every shot, which, you know, and that's why those numbers can get skewed from time to time. Here's the question. Sight unseen. Tony, 
I define success in this tournament as, I'm not talking about the SEC tournament. I'm talking about the big boy tournament. We're, we're, in, we're in big boyville now. This team, um, where are they in Ken Palm today, Brian? You know, they're hovering around the top of college basketball. They've been in the. I think they were in. They were in the top. They've always been in the top five. Yeah. Let me see what they what yeah. it says. Look it up. The le, the latest and greatest today. As I ask this question, because I'm going to they're ask, number five. Okay, so I'm going to ask this question against the backdrop. This is the number five team in Ken Palm. I want to remind you that. The highest, the highest the Vols got, got, got in Ken Palm during their magical year with Grant and Admiral and Bone was four. This team got to two for a while. Or were they one, Brian? Were they one in Ken Palm? They, uh, they took the number one spot briefly when That's they right. beat Texas. That's right. And I think, that, I think that, that it lasted maybe until they lost to Florida. Yeah, so... I mean, this team, that team, the highest they got was four. This team is five right now, after everything that's happened. Here's my question for you. What's an acceptable, I want to put the cards on the table right now. What's an acceptable showing in the NCAA tournament? Jeff Borzello, Borzello. At ESPN, ESPN Plus, wrote a really interesting uh, column slash uh, deep dive into the changing world of college basketball. And the one constant in college basketball, no matter what team you follow, is change. Now, I've never made this analogy on the air, but it came to me when I was talking. Uh, Marty Hank sent me this today, Super Scout of the Stars. said, hey, this is a great article. You ought to check it out. It came to me when I was reading the article this morning. These major college coaches are like guys in a poker tournament. Okay? Instead of drawing five cards, you draw 13. That's how many scholarships you get. Okay? What we're seeing now is after each year, and these guys are all sitting, they're all divided into conferences, okay? So they're all sitting at different tables. But eventually, there's going to be only four or five guys sitting in a, sitting at the main table, like you have at poker tournaments, those of you that are familiar with that. Follow the analogy. It used to be that you would build your team with freshmen. Borzello makes a point that and I want to get back to what you expected of all this March, because this all ties in. It used to be that you would go out, get your freshman class, and that's how you built your team. Every once in a while, you'd get a JUCO player, bring a JUCO in. Well, you would uh, get at least two or three players a year as freshmen. Yeah. And you'd have a, you'd have a, a group of juniors, seniors, sophomores, and freshmen. Yeah. To make sin, you had an older, you had an older, older deal. So yeah. now, now the way the game is played, Tennessee the last couple of years, Barnes is sitting there with his thirteen card hand. He throws six back, throws four back. A couple are going to leave your hand anyway because they're because they're expiring cards, like your senior class this year, and then they're going to take a couple cards off this team and they're going to throw them back. So then you're going to draw seven new cards. 
Two years ago, it was seven new players. Last year, how many, Brian? How many players this year on this roster are new players? Look at it. It's a bunch of them. Every year, and that goes on all over college basketball. Jeff Borzello made the point that right after this season ends, concurrent with the NCAA tournament, one year ago, today is when we started hearing the rumblings about that kid from St. Louis that Tennessee had. And they had him committed, and they had a deal worked out for him behind the scenes. And the point guard, whose name's escaped me right now. What was the kid's name? Uh, Collins. Collins. Yuri Collins. Really yeah. nice player. Really nice player. Yuri Collins. So anyway, so you're sitting there at the poker table. All these coaches now... Because there are cards in that stack out of that transfer portal, are throwing cards back and say, give me six more. Give me seven more. Give me eight more. And, you know, it, it hadn't dawned on me till today that that could be why we're seeing the shoddy basketball that we're seeing all over the country. And, and these defense-first coaches like the Rick Barnes, like the guy uh, – from Texas, who's getting ready to go to Ole Miss. It looks like Ole Miss is going to hire him now that that's the big, strong rumor out there. Which, I'll tell you what, you want to bump Tennessee up on fast break points? They just moved up a slot next year in the SEC. Because if you think this guy doesn't want to run, that guy there, the guy who was at Texas Tech, who ran into trouble down at Texas this year, that guy, that guy takes the Rick Barnes, is jealous of that dude, and how he he can gum up a basketball game. That's what these guys do. This plays right into the Tony Bennett's hands. That that guy, um, these defensive first coaches. When you are flipping your rosters the way you're flipping your rosters, how can you have continuity in your sport? Me and Mari were kind of going back and forth today. You can't. What would the NBA? Well, what, well, hang on, Bry. What would the NBA look like if every year you threw seven players back? Think about it. Those of you that watch a pro game, seven players, six players, eight players, nine players. How many newcomers will Kentucky have next year? Your Wildcat fan listening to me. Six, seven, eight. I mean, how do you... And then for Kentucky next year, they've got those two fabulous freshmen from up in the Northeast, including Wagner's son. Up there in Camden. I mean, how, how do you... I'm, I'm just asking for a friend. So, it can't help but hurt the continuity and the watchability of your sport. And, and you know what's funny? Last night, I'm watching... Um, I'm watching Furman. Last night, and I'm watching the game out of the CAA. I watched a couple really good basketball games. Mid-major basketball. Um, that Rothstein guy on the on uh, the CBS Sports Network. Good gosh, what a knucklehead! But I'll tell you this: he made a good point. He said we're seeing some great, great college basketball tonight. The mid majors are shining here. He said now only one of these teams out of this league is going to get in. And for a while, it looked like College of Charleston, who's won twenty nine games, was going to beat last night. They don't have a quad one win. Among their wins, so now they're playing in the finals tonight at seven o'clock Eastern Time. I'd encourage you to check that out over on CBS Sports Network. That's going to be some high-level basketball. 
My point is this. The continuity that those mid-major teams were playing with looks like better ball. It's not better ball, obviously. The athletes weren't as good. But there's a little more stability. Like on the Furman team, a couple of the seniors came back after getting um, – they could have gone anywhere. But they decided to run it back. And Furman made the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1980 last night. Now, think about that. They haven't been to the NCAA tournament in 43 years. You think that's fun on that campus today? Do you think those people were having some fun last night? That is like winning the seventh game of the World Series to those people and the Super Bowl all rolled into one. But let's get back to the Vols. So the question is this. You're not seeing the draw. I'm not seeing the draw. I'm asking you right now, man to man, man to woman, man to somewhere in the middle, this, this day and age we live in, Here's a question. Here's a question for you. What's an acceptable showing in the NCAA tournament for this basketball team? Everything they've been through, is it acceptable to make it? That's good enough for me, Tony. Is it acceptable to make it and win a game? Is it acceptable to make it and win two games? That's your question. 865-200-5402. We are, right now, we are, it's hard to believe, we're nine days out from the start of the thing. It's either be March Madness or March Sadness for the balls. Now, I'll remind you, Triple J's been beat up and banged up all year, and he's prone for that to happen at any time. You got other guys playing with bumps and bruises, including Key. Phillips has had uh, his issues with his hip and a few other things. You've had a lot of guys log a lot of minutes, which could come home to roost on you. So we're just trying to be fair here. Sight unseen. Sight unseen. These are lottery tickets. That's all this is. This is, this is going down to the Weigels. And saying, hey, $20, give me uh, the $2 jumbo buck, give me 10 of those cards, and this is scratching them. That's what this is. The only difference is, though, is there should be a level of accountability from fan to coach. This guy's making $6 million a year. He's one of the highest paid coaches in college basketball. And he decided to go into the season without a backup point guard. Not me. I didn't make that decision. Now, is he going to regret it? I don't know. Are they going to catch fire and he's going to look like a genius at the end of this because they're going to win a couple, two or three games and get the Elite Eight and tie that Pearl team? And Even the most ardent of Barnes supporters would have to agree with the Barnes Stormers that at times this team has been really hard to watch and worthy of feuding with. They've been very frustrating during the year. Now, those are facts. But what also is a fact is what Y said to me last night. He said, Tony, your Sixer fans, either they're going to get through the second round, 
with Harden and Embiid, or Harden's going to be in Houston next year, and they're going to be looking at um, at your coach, calling him a loser, telling him it's time to go, Doc Rivers, and talking about how your organization failed. He said, conversely, the Tennessee basketball season, barring the unforeseen, they're going to be a three seed, which means they're going to win an opening round game. He said, and for some of our fans, that'll be enough. For some. He said, for most, it, comes a, it becomes a one-game season. Because I'm going to tell you something. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. And then we'll go to the phones. The reality is that if Rick Barnes and this team fails in that round of 32 game, I'm just talking straight with you now. We're nine days out. And this is why I'm asking you this, because I want to get a temp I want to get a feeling, because we get the lines clear. We don't even guess today. I want to talk to you. And if you want to tweet it at me, tweet it at me at Tony Basilio. I want to see how you feel. If you want to send me an email, commonfan at gmail.com, we'll run it in the blog tomorrow. You tell me why. In your mind, this is a successful season if blank. Some of you are going to say, hey, making the NCAA tournament's a successful season. Hey, more power to you. More power to you. Brian, since since 1999, the Vols have been how many Sweet 16s? I think they've been to six. Okay. So that is 25% of the time? Uh, 26 into 23, that's almost 25% of the time. Matt Dixon, does that surprise you? We've been to that many Sweet 16s. As you've just joined, welcome in, brother. Uh, no, because you know it, it's it sounds about right. It's it's frustrating you've only gotten past the Sweet 16 once. Yep. But no, that's I mean that's a. A pretty good amount. That's a, a really a, a pretty good number for a program that, you know, historically hasn't always just made the tournament every year. It's, a, it's actually a great number. It's a great number. The teams we've feuded with are the ones that do the best. This one here has been a team that personally, personally, in my sports heart, I've feuded with. Whether it's fair or not, these guys have driven me crazy. To the point where I just blow up the air down the air. And and to some extent yesterday. Because they refused to score easy points. I'm not going to belabor that. But, but the refusal by them to take an easy basket, which really culminated in what happened in Nashville, Matt. Me and Bino decided kind of on the air yesterday, like two old dudes. And people are mad at me for saying this, but I'm starting to not blame Phillips for laying that ball in down in uh, Nashville. I think that's the culture of this club. You imagine a, a Bruce Pearl team, Matt, not scoring that ball there? No, it, it goes against just your natural instincts to not score it there. So it, it has to be something that's been kind of ingrained and coached. And, and, and I don't think it's intentional either. No. I just think it's it's just... The way Barnes's program is run and how how it's structured and it's it's always just this defensive first, 
you know, attitude. And it, I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know what was in Phillips' head then, but I just it. I just think that you, they just played tight at times, and especially in 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 clutch moments. And that was that was just one of them. But the, the stuff about the the fast break points and 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 getting easy buckets that's been a problem for Barnes for for years. Yep. And that yeah, it's just so difficult for his teams to manufacture points offensively most most nights. I think it's really um, interesting. Besides the Grant and Admiral team and. And I get even Kennedy Chandler last year to an extent. Two forty-seven. Kind of exception to that. You know, Matt. No, fast break points last year they were two forty-seven in America. They're two ninety-nine right now, even with Kennedy Chandler. No, and yeah, but 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 Kennedy Chandler could at least go get you a bucket when you needed it a, a lot of times. He could, oh, well, you could at least point. put the ball in his hands and say, "Hey, go score." That's why and I he thought, could do that. Yeah. This, this team doesn't have that. So here's the question: I'm asking the listener. In light of everything we know, in light of Brian, how many Sweet Sixteen appearances since '99? They've been to six since '99, eight total in history. I think you know what my answer is: ZZ or no ZZ. The bare minimum for me. I think you know my answer. People have been wanting to talk about it all year. I'm gonna let you talk about it today. Because truly, because truly, NBA basketball is a playoff sport. But I'll tell you, Brian's an NBA fan. Celtics go out and win 70 games this year. Brian, well, if they don't do at least, <laughs> Brian, if they don't at least get to the final, how are you going to feel in June? You going to be happy about your 70 regular season you know, wins, Brian? <laughs> something just so um, so fitting happened last night. It's March. And Grant Williams stepped to the free throw line with eight tenths of a second to go to w- with a chance to win the game. Had two free throws. The game was tied. He missed them both. They lose in overtime. Oh, and gosh. someone tweeted out, well, that's typical volunteer basketball in March right there. Sums it up. Well, whoever tweeted that out is ignorant because Grant Williams is a great player. But that is that is Tennessee basketball in a nutshell right there. When I come back, I open the phones and we visit with you. I want to hear what you tell me. Is it successful to make to make the NCAA tournament? Perfect. If that's you, I am not going to argue with you. Is it winning a game? Is it getting to the Sweet 16? You tell me. Because why told me last night, he said, Tony, it's a one-game season, and it's going to happen in the second round. And maybe he's right. He said, because... And he's a Barnes and Easton now. Why is? He said, because if they don't make the Sweet 16, people are going to say, Barnes has accomplished exactly what Conzo Martin's accomplished. It took him eight seasons. One Sweet 16 appearance. All that winning. All that winning. And, you know, I'm not here to say whether that's fair or not. I think that's reality. We'll see what the listeners say as we continue on. And I'm not trying to shape anything here because I don't have to. As we continue on the other side after this. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Coming to Star Theater in Pulaski, the play that goes wrong, March 3rd, 4th, 5th, 10th, and 11th. When a ragtag theater troupe attempts to present your basic murder mystery, everything falls apart and quickly descends into a rollicking comedy so bad, it's good. Showtimes are 7 p.m. March 3rd, 4th, 10th, and 11th, with a 2 p.m. matinee March 5th. For tickets, visit startheater.org. Don't miss the play that goes wrong, March 3rd through 11th, at Star Theater, east side of the square, downtown Pulaski. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Oh, the beautiful game. And they've got a big announcement coming up, those folks at FC Alliance do, and we'll have it on here. In the meantime, let's uh, go to our phones. The question for you is this. We were just counting during the break, which is really remarkable. Tennessee's had six basketball coaches, count them, six And, Brian, out of the six basketball coaches since 1999, how many have taken the Vols to a Sweet 16? Four of them have. Jerry Green, one. Pearl, three. Conzo, one. Rick Barnes, one. We'll go to the TLD Logistics phone lines online at tldlogistics.com. I think Tyndall might have, but Tyndall was only here one year. Yeah. Old crazy Donnie. But but I I think he was good enough to. Buzz definitely wasn't good enough. No, he was a... Tyndall was going to take them to a Sweet 16, no doubt about it. Did, did Tyndall take Moorhead State to the Sweet 16, or did they just win the, the one first-round game? Mm. Who was I can't, that? I can't I think, remember. I think they just they won got, that first game. Yeah, they beat Louisville in the first round. Think I think about they were that. a 13 seed. That guy beat, that, then the NCAA came to town. <laughs> that, guy beat, that guy beat Rick Pitino in the NCAA tournament. Think about that. When, when Rick Pitino had it rolling, too, because Thanks. they won the national championship just a couple years later. I could coach. Let's go back to the phones. Well, Tyndall and Big Gulp were cutting nets down. Yeah. He was just kind of a sloppy cheater, as they say in the trade. Back to the phones we go. A buddy of mine had a heavy metal band in high school called Sweet Cheater, which I thought was a great name for an 80s hair band, Sweet Cheater. Hello and welcome into our first call. You are live on the air. The question is this. What is an acceptable uh, showing in the NCAA tournament and why? Hello and welcome in. 
Hey, Tony, it's Ryan in Chattanooga. Hey, Ryan, what do you think's acceptable this year, my brother, as I welcome you in? I'm going to say getting to the second weekend is icing on the cake because looking at the way this team has played, it's kind of reminiscent of a couple of years ago with Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson when you face that Oregon State team who twisted them in knots in the first round of the tournament, and they got bounced. What do you think, Matt? You see similarities between these two teams, those te- that team and this team? Matt Dixon? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I actually do. Um, this the, kind of the offensive struggles, that team dealt with some injuries throughout the year. Um, you know, I guess I, they were kind of healthy there towards the end. I know Springer missed a bunch of games in the middle. Um, there, I do think there's a lot of similarities between those teams. Um, that one really didn't have a point guard. This one, I guess, it really doesn't have a point guard now either without without Ziegler. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I think the way that the teams are playing down the stretch, there's there's a lot of similarities between the two. So the, so so you're saying winning one game's acceptable then? That'd be an acceptable showing in the tournament. I mean, if. I'm expecting them to win their first game. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to win their second game. Mm-hmm. If they made it to the second weekend, I I would call it a successful season. But I, my thought process, and I lay this kind of at Barnes. I love Barnes. I'm yeah, I love him too. Coach. Yep, uh, great coach. I don't even complain about the price tag to keep him. Uh, I, my thought process behind Barnes is, you build your team around the guys who are going to stay with you for a few years. Mm-hmm. And I just look at this team, and while I love the players, I mean, you know, Vescovi meeting my kids is the background on my phone. But, Boom. you know, <laughs> you know, Vescovi, Triple J, and Kamwa, and Euros are all really flawed players that, honestly, none of them complement each other. And you're, you bring in some freshman talent like you have this year or like you did last year with Kennedy Chandler or two years ago with Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, and you hope that those guys complement the journeyman on your team. And my worry is that once these guys who are upper class are gone next year, you're building your team around Meshack, Adu, Awaka, and Zizi, who are all at this moment kind of flawed players in their own way that don't really complement each other. So I'm I'm worried that three years from now we're going to be looking at Awaka the same way we look at Kamwa and the player he could have been, but he's not. And I'm, I'm not saying that's going to happen. That's just my worry is we look at Barnes to develop these players, and I look at Vescovy, and, I mean, his first game he nailed six three-pointers on the road against LSU. Yep. Is he a better player today than he was the first day he stepped on campus? I don't think so. In fact, I think he played with a lot more flair back then, and he was a lot more loose than he is yeah, now. Here's a pro- But here's a problem, Ryan, in all fairness to Barnes and his staff. Teams get scouts on guys, and they learn that a guy like him is a one-handed player, and they take his hand away, and all of a sudden all that nifty stuff doesn't work. Whereas when you came right off the airplane or the boat or whatever the case is, uh, you know, he was a brand-new guy introduced to the league, and he kind of streaked through that year until they got film on him. 
Because if you look at what Michigan did to him last year, and I love the guy, but what Michigan did to him last year was say, you're going to beat us. You're the guy that's going to beat us, and, and you can't beat people off the dribble. So good luck to you. That's what Phil Martelli did. That was their scout. Well, and Triple J has gotten really good at his 10 to 15 footers. But yep. In all fairness to him, that's not a high percentage shot, even if you're good at it. Yep. And Kamwa, if he's not getting an alley oop, he's kind of useless. And I love Adu, and he's an exciting player, but he's got no touch. Yep. And uh, and he doesn't really. I mean, he brings some blocks to the paint, but he doesn't defend right in the paint. I mean, no, he doesn't. He got eaten alive. In fact, Auburn. They had him on the floor too much here day, and uh, Auburn ate their big lineup, and Tennessee didn't adjust, and that was the difference in the game. Auburn ate them alive. But, Ryan, I appreciate it. I got you recorded. In fact, I've got a couple of your comments. I'm going to run on the blog tomorrow over at tclub.team. I'm asking you the following. What is an acceptable showing? Ryan said getting to the second round is his is his definition of success. Did he? Did I get that? Did he say that? I think that's what he said. Because they're going to hammer, Matt. If they get a three seed and you look at what's going on in mid-major basketball right now, the way the way that the, the, the power teams have picked the mid-major teams apart, more than likely Tennessee's, if they're a three seed, going to get a team like Longwood last year that they're just going to hammer. That's more than likely what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I believe I believe Barnes is undefeated in the first round when he's a top four seed. So there you go. And they usually hammer some team and then then flame out two days later. But if last year's team I thought could go a lot further than I do this year's team, so if this yeah. year's team goes as far as last year's team, I think that have to be that would have to be considered. You know, I don't know about success, but you, you could almost expect that. All right, let's go back to the phones. I'm going to ask a living listener today, and then I'm going to ask Matt, then Brian here. What is your definition of success? We are nine days out. That's hard to believe. You've been asking me all year on these postgame shows, how do you think we're going to do in the tournament? And my reply always is, wait till I see a bracket. But today I'm asking you not how we're going to do it today or how we're going to do it. Today I'm asking you what is an acceptable showing in your book. Is it acceptable to make the tournament with the long season we've had, the injuries, the ups, the downs? As Shaqie Butler once told us, get the ups and the downs. Is that acceptable? Is it acceptable to win a game like Brian was just kind of hinting at? What's acceptable? You tell me. What is your baseline for you know what i'm just not going to complain they do this you got my vote why believes that the answer is going to be among our fan base that it's a one game season and it's the second game of the ncaa tournament and that's going to be a referendum on barnes and he's either going to quiet people and shut them up if they get to the sweet 16 which i look at the sweet 16 and i say big what Four you know, of six coaches have taken the Vols to the Sweet 16. Four, the, including um, including Uncle Jed, who we couldn't wait to fire. We couldn't wait to fire Jerry Green. And I'm just speaking facts here. These are facts. Conzo Martin, who y'all wanted to run out of here. 
It's another one. He went to the Sweet 16. You this know, guy's been uh, here eight, going on eight years. Come on now. Uh, Good the first bye. round win would be like a par, and a sweet 16 appearance would be like a birdie. It's a good line, Brian. So you say winning one game's acceptable then. That's par for you. Let's go to the phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. Tony Basilio show on a Tuesday. Hey, Tom. This is Ryan, the Hoosier Ball. Uh, Second Ryan. Welcome in, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, first off, I wanted to, didn't get a chance to call in last week, so I wanted to say I was so saddened to hear of Roger's passing, and I want to thank you all for such the beautiful tribute you all gave uh, a beautiful person over this past week. Amen, brother. I was walking around the house this morning preparing for the show, and I just I looked at Lauren and I said, I can't believe that guy's gone. It's just, it is literally yeah. freaking me out, but go ahead, my man. Well, yeah, um, so... Uh, I'm predominantly a Tennessee football fan, but I just, uh, so take this with a grain of salt, but I think Rick Barnes should be treated like everyone else that is currently in the big three, which is Heupel and um, Tony Vitello, which is, I'm with you. I think the Sweet 16 should be expected this year because look at the other coaches who have done it, and Rick Barnes is kind of, talked like he's we're always told how lucky we are to have him and i mean the first two early exits right anyone can make a lucky shot with the oh the loyal chicago and then any one player can get extremely hot and have a questionable foul call on lamonte turner with purdue these last two first round or early exits especially no offense getting out coached by Jawan howard my Hoosiers, if anyone other than Jawan Howard was Michigan's coach, would have gone 0 for 2 against them. I don't know if you watched that game Sunday. Horrendous in-game coach. So, yeah. You know, if, if South Carolina kept Heupel from uh, going to a huge uh, college football playoff like two or three times in a row, people start talking. I think that's the equivalent of Barnes not making the Sweet 16. It's not too much to ask. What do you think, Matt? Of uh, Hoosier Ryan's call. And, and by the way, let's make one one observation about Michigan. This could be, as I wrote in the blog today, the second straight year where a team that eliminates Vols, the Vols in a painful fashion in the NCAA tournament brings entirely the same team back the following season and fails to make the NCAA tournament. It's almost like when a bee stings you, that old adage about the bee, when it stingers in you, it goes off and it dies. It's really, really strange, Ryan. That would be really, because you guys might have put, you guys might have put them out of their misery on Sunday. They might have to win the Big Ten tournament uh, in order to get in now. But some are saying that the bubble is so soft that Michigan still remains in the very, very, very back of the field, which means they probably are going to have to win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament in order to get in. And quite frankly, they haven't shown the ability to do that all year either, Ryan. I'd bet against that if I was a betting man. Tell them they're uh, not very good and they're poorly coached. So when uh, when when I really thought last year's team was a Final Four team, I, I kind of was out on Barnes when, no offense, uh, it could be Phil Martelli, but when Jawan Howard just handles you coaching, that's not good. Uh, Matt Dixon, your thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry. I got that you. was a, a, a really bad second second-round game. 
Yeah, the college got a, got a really good point about Barnes' team looking unprepared and getting outcoached against against a team that had to win a playing game just to make the tournament. Was that Michigan last year? I believe they had to win a playing game, didn't they? Uh, or no, no, they beat Colorado they, State. No, they beat Colorado State. They, be, yeah. but they, ba- they, they were, barely made the tournament. They were an 11 seed. Yeah. And they looked, okay, yeah. nearly one more step down, they would have gone to Dayton. Well, they looked yeah. absolutely hideous. They, they looked like the Colorado better team State. that whole game. Yeah. Against Colorado State, guys, we were watching that at corner 16. They, they looked hideous. Remember, Brian, we looked at each other and we're like, oh, we're going to roll these guys. Well, they. they Colorado State couldn't miss a shot, and then they couldn't make a shot. They got out yeah. to like a 15-point lead, and that was it. I mean, they they erased that lead like it was nothing. Hey, Ryan, like it wasn't even there. Hey, Ryan, you'll like us. My brother called me the other day. He was super fired up because Penn State got a win against somebody on Sunday, and he thinks they're in now, which is a great job by that Shrewsbury guy whose name I have trouble very, saying. Very, solid but young coach. That's very, a, very solid young coach. That's a good hire by them. I... Uh... I'll go out on a limb. You can tell your brother this. I believe uh, Penn State beats Illinois, and I'm going to go Penn State beats Northwestern, and hopefully my Hoosiers get a second crack at them on Saturday. Boom. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. We'll see you, man. <laughs> did, did you see where Northwestern, their whatever their final game was in the Big Ten, yeah. if they won it, they were the two seed, and if they lost, they were the nine? <laughs> How much parodies in the Big Ten <laughs> yeah, this year? I think, That's I incredible. Think between between second and eleventh place, I think there was like two or three games separation, back, and there was a seven way tie for second. Back to the coming into the last go. day. I want to remind you, Matt, the great Matt Dixon has dropped another edition of TLD Logistics Short Porch. Uh, it is available wherever you find podcasts. Also over at tclub.team. Where today we're broadcasting over on our Facebook page which I've been told that the uh, resolution on Facebook's a lot better than it is on um, on Twitter. Yesterday we thought we were locked out of Twitter for good, but Twitter just had a major outage while the show was on the air. So no harm, no foul. But, I'm sh- but it seems like they're going to come to us to have to enroll in sub- some subscription service, to, uh, which is another... What do you call this? Hidden, unwanted expense? I mean, the hits just keep on coming around here. So, But we all are dealing with it. Let's go back to the phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the air. Hey, Tone. So I guess I'm still the only one kicked off Twitter. Charlie, yeah, I thought I joined you yesterday. Charlie, do you, uh, when you think about this basketball team, which one of these is you? It's good. We've made the tournament. That's fine with me. We have to win a game for me to call this thing a success. We have to win two games for me to call this season a su- success. Where are you, Charlie? Well, I've never been a Barnes fan, and uh, and I've always I want to win. Nobody wants to win as bad as Farmer Chark, but. I've started to see, uh, I judge Barnes a little different. Uh, to me, making it to the tournament, especially this team, Triple J, something hasn't been right with Triple J all year. You, you don't, he would not miss those many games. 
if something wasn't going wrong. And, and then you find out that the ZZ's knee has been trash for for some weeks now, you know. And uh, I mean, who you got? You got you got Phillips. Uh, it's uh, it, to me, this isn't a team where I'd expect a whole a whole lot out of. You know, and like you said, a lot of them make runs. But I, but here's the deal with Barnes that that I've started judging him on is we've seen with this football team, uh, you get a coach that gets in the crosshairs of the NCAA, despite what you do, uh, they'll still come at you for punishment. After that Donnie Tindall deal, Rick Barnes comes in, NCAA doesn't go anywhere near our basketball program, and uh, Barnes runs a pretty tight ship. Another thing about Barnes is that stuff that went on in Alabama is not going to go on on our basketball team because he will not put up with anything. If anything, I think he's a little too harsh about I mean, we've seen it. They get in his doghouse, and, and it's almost impossible for them to work their way out. And then we're, we get – we. UT's always, we're, as fans, we're always up in arms because we get disrespected on ESPN and all this stuff. Well, Rick Barnes makes UT basketball respected, even with the referees. And you, you take that out of the equation, and you, you might have a run every once in a while, but, but I, I, I just... I just kind of ju- judge him on, on his consistency because I don't think you can find a coach that can beat it. And so for him getting this, t- limping this team into the tournament, I'll call that a win. Guys, I think that's a really, I think that's a really well thought out call. I think that is certainly a, uh, a, a solid take by Charlie. Farmer Charlie, Bry, your thoughts. I want to, I wanted to go with the thought about how Barnes doesn't take any nonsense. Yep. And he threw Dietrich Mostella off the team his second year. Correct. For much less than what happened down in Alabama. Correct. Now, now Mostella may have gone through a bunch of may have done a bunch of, bunch of stuff that just kind of little things that added up, but still, it doesn't compare to the situation in Tuscaloosa. So he's right about that. That would never happen under Barnes anywhere. Matt, your thoughts? I, I actually kind of agree with with Charlie's approach to how he views Barnes. You've got you know a clean clean program, you know guys that that are good in your community. All you know whether whether, you, whether that matters to you or not, uh, all that is very true. Yep. And you know you're, you're going to be kind of respected. At least, you know at least your program is kind of held in high regards by by these announcers and fellow coaches. Which yep. You know, whatever you know, J- Jimmy Dykes just loves Tennessee. Loves him. I mean, you know, and all and Fran Priscilla, you know, all these guys, and all that, all that's true. And Barnes is a great coach and great face of your program for eleven months out of the year. It, the the problem is the one month that he's not is is kind of the month that matters in this sport. But you know, I, I actually think Charlie's got a really a really good view on it. Yep, it's really well thought out, Char. Hey, Tom, Ford, get off. What happened to your Twitter, Charlie? No, don't, don't, don't ask him that. Go ahead, Charlie. Uh, I was worried. Dixon, I was worried about 
and my big, I probably got distorted with the offense that our baseball team had last year. Yep. You're just not going to match that. And I was really worried about wherever we got in SEC play, and, and you you hit those Friday and Saturday pitchers. If if we had the bats that can hit them, and uh, what I what I've kind of figured out, we might not win Friday night, but we got enough pitching to where. Saturday and Sunday, you know what I mean? We're going to be there. And I think between Burt, Dickey, uh, Griffin, and Ahuna, and a few, I mean, they're, I think they're consistent at the plate. And you sprinkle in a few more hits, I, I think we win a lot of these uh, weekend series. Uh, what do you think about it? You, you think we're getting better? Thank you, Charlie. Good talking to you. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, yeah, I do, Charlie. And, and you've got such a luxury with your pitching staff that all, if you can just manufacture three or four or five runs a night, that's going to be good enough to win mo- most games. And and you know the bats that you mentioned are they're in the middle of your order. You got got to find a way to manufacture some runs without home runs um, a little bit better. But no, I I, I think you're going to be fine. Uh, you know, you're not gonna not gonna win 25 league games, but you know, if you if you all you all you really want to go do, especially on the road in the SEC, is, is just take two out of three, and and that I think this team will be set up to do that just about every weekend. And when you play the Giants, the Arkansas, the LSU's, the other the other Giants, as yesterday, Evan Russell told us, and people don't want to hear this. But those twelve games, you want to go six and six. That's your baseline, and then you beat up you know, everybody else. The goal is to amass eighteen regular season wins and host a super regional over there. Go ahead, Bry. I think a good goal is just to try to win at least eight of the ten SEC series. I think that's what they did in twenty one, and last year they took nine out of the ten. But if you can get seven or eight series wins in the SEC, you're you're set up. To do Chris, things. Chris Burke taught me that the goal is 18 wins. Uh, to this call, who's this caller here? Chris Philly. You're hanging. You're hanging right on. You are leading things off. The mayor of Sono will lead things off as we continue. This is your Tony Basilio show. It's a Tuesday. The question is, we're nine days out from March, and I'm going there because you've wanted to go there all year. What is a success? Charlie said they've done enough for him. I'm not, I didn't berate that answer, did I? Everybody's entitled to their opinion here. Opinions are like noses. Mine's bigger than yours, but we continue with more after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? 
experienced goldsmiths, or true custom designers experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tell a story. We're this and so much more. Check us out at tillastory.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tell a story, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. 
This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you, 865-200-5402. We're having an interesting conversation. Brian and Matt reminded me that it's a really good thing as we get ready to go to Philly that the Vols aren't going to hit the two-line because if they would have hit the two-line in the first uh, round, they could have seen a guy that they let go who would have had a lot of incentive against them. His name is Drew Pember, ladies and gentlemen, and if you see him right now at Asheville, you wouldn't recognize him from the guy that played here. First of all, Matt, you wouldn't recognize his game. You wouldn't recognize all you'd recognize about the guy is his name, right? Uh, yes, he's you know fully embraced the Asheville culture, and looks like he just went on a three-month tour with widespread panic. <laughs> I mean, he he looks like Leah, like a roadie for fish. And he goes out and drops thirty and ten a night. He's rocking a beard. He's got a man bun. And he is an incredibly great player at that level. He's conference. He's a two-time defensive conference player of the year, and he's won the conference player of the year here recently. And I hear he's going to end up on a mid-major ro- or on a major uh, college roster next year. I'm hearing Michigan and him, but we'll see what happens. Let's go to the phones. And the mayor of Sarno has been hanging on. And here's the question for the mayor: This season, what is an acceptable? finish from here i'm talking about the big tournament now i'm not the not the sc i'm talking about the big thing is it acceptable that we made it like farmer charlie said is it acceptable to win a game which surely they will do that as a three seed or does it come down to the one game season and you got to get to the sweet 16 for me to call this a successful year philly where are you on that as i welcome you in well it's a interesting uh, conversation and i heard your uh offense uh tennessee offense yesterday on your show uh comparing it to to another sport was very uh revealing well it made people very angry that did um what what i drew from my emails is people some people were saying um hallelujah for you saying what you're saying and i had some people email me and say you do realize we we won 20 we have we have 22 wins and you and you need to shut up and quit being a yankee well, bottom line is Rick Barn has done some good things. He real he real built a program. Yep. He, his his kids don't get in trouble. Yep. He gets us to the tournament most years. Yep. But he is the second highest paid coach in the SEC. Wow. And he's got a what a twenty five million dollar buyout. Wow. Now we actually expect more if we're paying more. For a, for a basketball coach, Matt, is that fair or not? You should expect more if you're paying more. You you feeling Phil there? Um, no, I I, I think a, a vast majority of our fans do feel that way. Yeah, I you know I I and I think that's perfectly acceptable to accept that and 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 kind of demand that. Hey Phil, if we but win, if you're we, also yeah. going uh, going against Barnes's history, if, if you're expecting him to to kind of overachieve late in the year. Hey Phil, and I'm gonna give you a number here that we just dug up. Barnes has four NCAA tournament wins in seven years here. Jerry Green won four in four years. Well, well we know why he was canned. Uh, he yep. didn't get along with the fans, and uh, yep, uh, really. Uh, 
the two. Terry Green actually won three in four years, I think. Okay. He went and done twice. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you, Brian, for the correction. By the way, Barnes is undefeated as a top four seed in the NCAA tournament in the first round. He's unbeaten as a top four seed in the first round. Go ahead, Phil. Well, I hope he wins that first game because if he don't, it'll get awful ugly around here. Uh, uh, that's one thing to, to go to the tournament. It's another thing to be no to win a game at all. Like at Oregon State. That was an absolutely win. shocking result. That was, um, you know, that Oregon State team last year backed that season up, fell with seven wins, went like seven and twenty-six, some crazy number like that. And they're like ten and something this year. They're bad again this year, although they're a little better than last year. So I got bad news for the team. God, you want unwatch- unwatchable basketball? What if this year's team without Ziegler played that team at the end of that season? How Good. bad that that team that game would be? That game. That right there was up there with that uh, game, that Philly, that NCAA tournament game when Uncle Jed was here when we played Delaware in the NCAA tournament. Those are two games yeah. that will not go in the museum unless you're looking for the Museum of Dysfunctional Basketball. And I remember you had a remote down at uh, one of these places. Uh, it was on Clinton Highway, and you had Mark Griffin down there with you. That's right. When Tennessee lost to UNC Charlotte. That's right. And that was the end of Jerry Green. That's right. Remember that? And there was an afternoon show. I don't know that I've ever caught a promo in my life on a basketball team and a coach like I caught a promo that day on those guys. They let Bobby Lutz and Charlotte turned them inside out. Ooh, you got me inside out. We were so mad that day on the air. Wasn't weren't they like nearly number one in the country earlier in that season? Yes, they beat uh, they beat that really good Tulsa team. Uh, they beat Syracuse. They were top they beat five. Syracuse and then, in the uh, wound up being like an eight or nine seed. Yep, up there they lost down the stretch. They went in free fall. They beat Alabama and Knoxville and were ranked fourth in the country. There you go. Free fall. Free fall. This year's but, team. Uh, this year's team beat Texas. Phil didn't go into free fall, but but almost got there. Almost got yeah. there, Phil. But when your college made a good point. Other than this team is poorly constructed. It's a yeah. bunch of role players. It really is, and uh, we don't have a go-to guy to get a bucket anytime you want one. And uh, our point guard play, Barnes, uh, he's really, he had Bone and he had Kenny Chandler. Now, I guess you can call ZZ a point mm-hmm. guard. Uh, but Barnes is recruiting the point guards has been atrocious since he's been here. Yeah, it's and weird. inside players. I mean, Jabari Smith, Bentero, we could have used one of those guys. Uh, he's yet. To, to sign a real good inside player that can, you know, take you to another level. So, Phil, what's the answer? An acceptable showing in the big tournament is what? Well, I, you get a sweet 16 is a successful season as far as I'm concerned, considering the limitations of this roster and it uh, with uh, the injury problems they've got over there. But player development of our freshman players over the, over the years is, the Springer and uh, Keon get better? No. And then you've seen uh, what uh, Phillips is looking like this year, and BJ, we'll never know if he can play a lick. Uh, Maybe we'll find out at another school. Although I think yeah. they like him. 
I, I, look, I think some of the guys they've kind of run off. The Jefferson guy, like I told you earlier in the year, Phil, he's agitating, been agitating on uh, social media uh, cryptically like he's going to leave. Who knows? They get, he, they get mixed signals from him because I think they sort of like him now because he's kind of flown straight. But I don't think he appreciates the way that it's kind of gone down, which is sort of interesting because two months ago it seemed like a foregone conclusion that they were, I'm not going to say run him off, but that's the term you could use. Um, now I think they want him back, and I think he's got a foot out the door, which is kind of ironic because that's generally not how it goes. Uh, after Barnes makes snap judgments on guys, and he did make a snap, ju- snap judgment on him, but I think they've come to see that he's a pretty darn good player, like you guys were telling me behind the scenes the whole time, as I was telling you in real time that he was one of those guys. And, and look, on here, I-, I just try to be honest with what I hear from my from my sources who generally on that basketball front are pretty good. And I've, and I've told people down through the years, this guy's going to go, this guy's going to go, this guy's going to go, this guy's And there's a list of them, and those guys go. This guy here was on that list back in November, December, and then he, he made his way into the other column, but now he's agitating like he's going to leave. And depending on when they talk to him, he's either in or out for next season. So that's going to be one to watch because, Phil, I think he's going to be a pretty nice player on somebody else's roster. If he goes somewhere else, <laughs> well, most of them do. They go out yeah. and they get they, they say when they leave here. That, that's an indictment on Barnes. Well, you I know, really think the guys they got on their scout squad are better than the ones starting on their on their varsity basketball this year. Well, you know what's re- you know what's weird, Phil, is the guys that leave here. And I wrote this today in the blog. I didn't elaborate, but if we wanted to, we could sit here and name the names. Have developed into very good offensive players where they've gone. The, the kid that smoked uh, the, the pot, like it was gone, what was his name? The kid that ended up over there at Rock Hills, D.J. Burns, became a very good offensive player. Drew Pember, who they gave up on, Barnes never liked him. Uh, I think Lanier signed him maybe out of, uh, and, the, and he was never going to play here. He's exploded. I mean, he's exploded. Well, you know, uh, Brian's got the big ticket. Wedding layup Yeah, the, the other day. The big ticket's exploded. Dropped twenty three. Yep. I mean the big. Uh, he's up I'm to. Hey, hey, Phil. The big ticket's Barnes. up. To, he's up to one hundred forty five pounds. Go ahead, Phil. What were you saying? I'm sick and tired of Rick Barnes. His offense sucks. See. <laughs> Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in on your. Make Basilio sure you put that one down, Tony. On your Basilio show on a Tuesday. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to put that in the blog tomorrow in the comments because people are already on me as it is. Hello and welcome into our next call. How are my friends and compatriots doing? What's up, W. Lynn? That's kind of hard to follow. Bob Teller appreciates that hit and run. Interesting. Uh, my expectations are the are the Sweet 16. If 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 ZZ was here, I'd say Elite Eight. But uh, so Sweet 16 still, is your I, call, okay? Yeah, yeah. And I think the players ought to get together and just say, we're going to get the ball and we're going to run to the other end of the court. And if Barnes wants to take all five of them out, take all five of them out. We, we just got to get the ball and head towards the basket. You know, I mean. It, They're just not going to play that way. Fast, yep. Even if you don't get a fast break, you can kind of get a secondary break a lot of times. You know, you know W. Lynn, when I, when I looked it up, Yesterday, I couldn't believe they were 247 in fast break points with Kennedy Chandler here. 
Because what that screams to me is, I thought I assumed yesterday on the air that number was a lot higher. What that screams yeah. to me is, this is how this coach is going to play basketball. This this thing here. And Matt said, Tony, Matt said to me off the air, where have you been, Tony? Now, Matt, were those numbers, the fast break numbers during the Grand Admiral years and Bone? Surely they were a lot higher, right? If we go look those up, surely they were yeah, like in the, top, in the top 50, Matt, yes? I don't know. Nah, probably not top 50, but definitely in the top half of the country, yeah, because you got... I mean, Bone would, Bone would get you, you know, six or eight points a game just running. Just running and just outrunning guys down the court with yep. Grant kind of setting one of those legal screens. And maybe, maybe, W. Lynn, that's why to me, those were the funnest teams to watch. And this team, even when they were tracking with that team and have tracked in, in a lot of these uh, analytic type numbers, Ken Palm and all that, um, I would a million times rather watch that team, W. Lynn, than this team. Sorry. I'm sorry. I've never seen a team that runs through the the lane with the ball and never looked to shoot. Never looks to shoot. Looked to throw, looked to throw it out to somebody. Yep. And, you know, I appreciate great defense and all that, but this is basketball. You're not going to shut a team out. You've got to have some people that score. And if they have a defensive breakdown, no, they can't score 10 and give up 12. Yep. But you got to tolerate guys that might score 10 and give up 4 or 6. And that's just the nature of the game. I'd rather it be 88 to 80 than that nonsense we saw against Auburn that was 46-43 or whatever it was. You know, I mean, it's, it's an offensive game. I appreciate great defense. I'm glad Barnes teaches it. But you got to score. That's just the name of the game. Well, and that's right. That that's uh, that that's right. That's exactly right. And, and you know what? Somebody just told me, W. Lynn. You know, we just talked about that debacle over in Charlotte. Yeah. Do you realize? Do you realize that that was John Ward's last call at Tennessee? He went out with that Jerry Green special over there. I did Are not realize. Sure? It. I thought I thought it I thought it was the year before, but you might be right. I you know I haven't really looked at that because his last football season was ninety eight, so it would have been the ninety eight ninety nine year. I think that's when it was. That was Jerry Green's oh, last year. That was Southwest Missouri State Charlotte because I was at that game. That was it. The one in Charlotte. That's the one. It, Southwest we Missouri State. Delaware, and we lost to Southwest Missouri State. And that's what the person was talking about. That game. Yeah. That's, that's what they were right. referencing. That that John Ward, I guess that was his last win that he had called. Was, oh, was my gosh. Delaware. And, and, and W. Lynn, that Delaware game, that was a game Rick Barnes is jealous of because that thing was like 8-6 to six at the third yeah, TV timeout. It was. You know, the strange... The game the year before they got beat by Illinois State was actually a good game. Yep, that was Kevin Stallings. Round. That was Kevin Stallings, and that was a very good game, Brian. You're right. Yeah, that, I think mm-hmm. it was like oh, 82, I was in the 80s. Yep, played in the yeah, 80s. Yep, a, good, good basketball game. 
and we thought that was going to be, you know, Uncle Jed might be able to take a lot of these Kevin O'Neill players and do okay. He did okay, but that, he, he didn't do what Kevin O'Neill could have done. I will never know. But uh, the table was set for him, and uh, whatever you think of Barnes, uh, I love our team. They're good student athletes yep. and they're good citizens. Yep. As Charlie pointed out. So I want to. I'm going to pull for these guys. I mean, like I've done every team in my whole life. You know, and uh, I, I I really think if he would let them run a little bit, just like I said, run down the court, and if it's not a fast break, set up a secondary break instead of this offense where we run circles through the lane. Yep, that's so, ridiculous. Uh, but, Uberlin, I thank you. Thank you, Tony. Great show. Uh, so his his answer is Sweet 16, which which he's in the category of what Y was talking about, which is Y says to me, he says, Tony, you're 76ers. They're going to play all these games. That Doc Rivers is going to be judged on that second round. Maybe, if they get past the first round. Your Tennessee Volunteers are going to be judged on that second game. Now, I would think that with the absence of ZZ, the people cut Rick Barnes slack. And I think a lot of people's answer is going to be, if you win a game, that's successful. Don't you think, Brian, that, that a lot of our fan base, that's going to be their answer? If you win one game? I think, yeah, I think the Sweet 16 would have been the answer if they had had ZZ there, but... Now that he's not there, the second round probably is what everyone's thinking now. And you also have to take into account the seeding. If, if you're two or three and you're in the second round, you don't make it past the second round. That doesn't look, that looks kind of bad. But if you're a four seed or a five and you only get to the second round, that actually doesn't look quite as bad. Matt, the thing that Barnes has going for him for the people that want the one win is when he's a four-seed or higher, he's never lost that opening round game, right? Correct. They usually actually play really well in that opening round when it's not like a one of those like um, Princeton or, you know, one of those Northeast teams that slows everything down. They usually do pretty well in the opening round. Yep. Back to the phones we go. His kids played really loose in that Longwood game last year. Looked like they... Looked like we were poised for a long run. It was, um, I don't know what to tell you. They, they emptied the tank against Longwood. You know, uh, in the Kentucky win, the 2019 season, mm-hmm. they had zero fast break points in that great game. Wow. And against Auburn the next day, they had two fast break points and a loss. And against Purdue, they only had two fast break points. That's how this damn guy wants to play. Go back and look. Well, and not not beating Kentucky and really getting embarrassed twice by them by a bad Kentucky team is what's going to really sting sting with me. Unless he does the unthinkable and wins a game or two more than he should in the tournament, like I, I won't get past those losses. And that's fair. You're you're. Hey, listen. You are a guy like the late great Keith Hatfield, who laid a lot of weight on those Kentucky games. Especially a Kentucky team you're better than. Now Kentucky finishes. Well, you in the league somehow. I, but think about when we played Kentucky, where they were. 
Tennessee had a chance. Tennessee had a chance to lay them down, guys. They had a chance to throw them off the cliff. If Tennessee the, beats, uh, if they beat them in that Saturday afternoon here, if they would have beaten them, yeah. Brian, Kentucky would have gone to a dark place this season. That's where they were going. Well, I, I, I don't know. They might have they might have played their way out of it a little bit. But dark I mean, place. That, that game at home is one that sticks with me a more dark than place. the game up there. Yeah. I just like screaming a dark place. Um, let's go back to the phones. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. The thing that's really hidden in the basketball deal right now, and Maury sent me this piece, Matt, this Jeff Borzolo guy wrote that you ought to look at over on ESPN today, and the living listener ought to look at. Staffs aren't even sending like to these big tournaments in the spring where you're scouting freshmen. They're on campuses hosting kids now. Everybody would have been at those events. I remember when the Tennessee Travelers used to have a spring event like 20, 25 years ago. And we'd go up there and watch them. And it was a who's who who was in those gyms. Who's who of head coaches from all over the country. And now, at those, even at the big, big, big national events, you might send a coach. Because chances are you're putting a hard press on transfers trying to get them on your campus for next year. The transfers are a higher priority than that next signing class, which is really interesting. Go ahead, Matt. I'm just just going to say, it, it, based on our track record, it doesn't seem like Barnes is sending sending coaches to the watch the transfers either because we've kind of struck out with all those too. Back to the which phones, frust- we go. which is frustrating. Yeah, he's got to get better in the transfer portal going forward because that is a way you're going to build this deal. And I know they've got a nice signing class coming in, but, you know, if you think about it, you you need a couple of those guys in that signing class next year to be quick hits. I think they've got a pretty decent core, though, with a walk. I think Meshack's going to get better. The question's going to be, how healthy will ZZ be early on? And you don't want to rush him back because there's a cautionary tale out there in college basketball about rushing a guy back before he's ready. Uh, you don't want to do that. So let's go back to the phones. Here's the question for you. Coming into this year's tournament, we're, we're nine days out. I'm asking the question right now, what's acceptable to you? You could tell me making the tournament like Farmer Charlie did. Nobody jumped on him here. That's acceptable answer. That's you. Let's get our next call, Lynn. Hello and welcome. Tony, it's uh, Taylor. come from a family of uh, Galley, four generations of listeners, three generations of callers. Uh, my answer would be uh, very similar to the great W. Lynn. It's going to be Sweet 16. If they had double Z, it would be the Elite Eight. Mm. Uh, Tony, here, here's the reality, and uh, you know my humble opinion. It's going to be difficult for Tennessee to recruit the five-star offensive first players, the guys that can shoot lights out, because they know that they're going to have to be giving max effort on defense. And guess what? You give max effort on defense, uh, it's going to take away from your offense. It's mm. just, I just think that's natural. And uh, and I get it. I get he's a defensive first coach. Um, but the reality in my mind is that's always going to take away from the offense. You can only give so much max effort. And I just think the five stars are, are going to be reluctant to come here. I guarantee a native recruiting is occurring. And, uh, and I think most coaches want certainly great effort on defense. But they realize it's just not sustainable to be able to keep it up on both ends of the court. What, do you, what is your take on that? You know, it's interesting. They continue to get 
highly ranked players. Taylor, you know that? They continue to get five-star highly ranked players, and I, I just wonder what these people are looking at. Because I, I know from behind the scenes the, the Phillips folks aren't real happy with the way this thing has transpired. What were they expecting? I mean, I, I'm just asking for a friend. What, what, what do these people expect, Taylor? How many times you guys see the record? Yeah, well, how, how many five-stars are really good offensive players in their freshman year? Well, and if you look at major college basketball right now, Taylor, uh, this kid on our roster is one of the more productive players. Um, I mean, that's and that's what we're talking about with, with the way college basketball is changing. Now, you could say they're not going to get great offensive transfers as well because I'm not sure if I'm a veteran player, even if I have a chance to win, I would want to go to a place where a coach is going to make me work that hard. Maybe I would. Maybe there's a different bear out there, breed a cat. But when you sign up to play for Rick Barnes, you are signing up for boot camp. This is not, this ain't fun. You know what I mean? And Tony, yeah, I agree. And I don't, I don't know, you know, how much the NBA values uh, defense. Do you have a better chance of being a lottery pick when you throw up those incredible offensive stats, um, or uh, or pretty good offensive stats, but you're a great defender? I, I don't know. I I would surmise that uh, a lot of people are in these players' ears and that look, if you want to be a lottery pick, you go here. You're going to be able to put up 25 percent better stats on the offensive side of the board. You're going to be a good defender. You're not going to be an elite defender, but you're going to be an elite scorer. And I don't, I don't know. That's just that's my take. But I'm going to talk about a different sport, one that I'm a lot more confident in. Uh, that's baseball, Tony. By the way, uh, Keon Johnson's in the NBA because of his defensive ability. That's the, and, and right now that's the only reason that he got drafted, because of his athletic ability and his ability to cover the floor when he was on defense here. He showed his tremendous athletic ability but go ahead to baseball go ahead man yeah you got to have role players for sure uh but uh baseball so this is the first time since uh, 2009 that tennessee has hosted a major conference um uh midweek game last mm-hmm. time it happened was 2009 they hosted louisville i didn't realize it's been that long boston college uh is uh is the real deal should be great weather super game for tonight i'll shout out to matt enjoying uh enjoying his podcast. Uh, but I'll say this, a uh, little surprised. Uh, I'm curious what, what your take is, and particularly Matt with his baseball expertise. I'm surprised we don't see more um, more Booker in center field, and, and it seems odd that the other day they had they had Dryling in center and Booker in left. What is, uh, what's Booker's reputation as a, as a defender? I know he has tremendous speed. I would think uh, that lineup, you'd see Booker in center, with Scott, maybe a late defensive replacement, um, and it's great to see Booker coming on. I think that that kid's got all the tools. I think he's going to be the Trey Lipscomb breakout player of, of 23, and uh, I think it's going to be great to see. Matt? Well, I, I think that was the first game that, that Drawling had played center. Booker's played there um, a few games, and I just – I, unless he develops into it, I'm I'm not sure they have like an, an everyday center fielder on, on the team this year. Mo, you know, the, the Drylings kind of projects as a corner outfielder. 
Um, Christian Scott's the best, the best glove out there, but I, I'm not sure you get, you get it, you get it at the plate with him. I, I do think Booker is, has the most upside of those guys. And I, I think he'll probably be in center more times than not, but I, I do think whoever they put out there in center, it's, it's still kind of a, a question mark because I, I just don't think you have, you know, a, the one, one guy you can just pluck out there and, and leave him, you know, every, every game. Uh, but but Booker certainly has the ability, and I I think he's a pretty he's a pretty good he's pretty good at, at, at corner outfielder. Not not totally sure about him in center because he hadn't played there a ton. But he I think the lineup you saw Sunday with that had Booker in it um, and, and draw that's probably your highest upside lineup, and probably the lineup the coaches want to would like that would like to use. Um, once, once the SEC season began. Can Dryling play center field, I guess, is the question. And did they throw him out there again tonight? Uh, well, he, he had a bad read on a, on a ball in the first inning that that he let get over his head. But, that again, that was the first time he had played center. So they were just trying to get him some experience just to see what they have in him. And I, I'm not sure if he can if he can be there long term. But like, like Taylor said, they the one luxury they do have is if you have a lead in the late innings, you can put Christian Scott out there, and that's you know you'll have that thing locked down. Um, but you know, I, I I just think it's kind of a work in progress, and I, I think it's probably that way at, at catcher too. I know I know Charlie Taylor had an incredible midweek game last week, or maybe two weeks ago. But you know, I I, I don't think you have an everyday catcher either, as, as good as as Charlie is behind the plate. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what he what he's going to have with the bat in SEC play. I think you got the luxury there of uh, of, of rotating uh, Chuck Taylor in and out with Cal Stark behind the plate, and I think you got the luxury, like you said, of having potentially Booker in center, bringing in Scott as a late inning defensive specialist because his glove is is truly outstanding. And then do you see Dickey and Dryling potentially of, of platooning in left field and rotating to DH? Is that what you kind of see based on what you've seen so far, Matt? Yeah, I mean, Dickey's bat will be in your lineup somewhere, whether it's in left or DH. Um, you can't get get rid of his bat. So yeah, I, I, it'll be curious to see if how how well Drowling does, you know, at the plate because he's going to have limited at bats at least right now, and and can he earn more playing time, kind of like Dickey and, and Blake Burke and Christian Moore did last year, where where you almost can't keep him out of the lineup. It, we'll, we'll see if he can develop that and earn more at bats, but. I would think Dickey in, in left will probably be a a regular occurrence, but you know it's just really fluid with your outfield. You've got you know five or six kind of options, but again, m- most of them are kind of corner outfielders, um, at least naturally. So, but it's it's a good problem to have, and with the pitching staff you've got, you can kind of tinker, and you've got you've got that luxury where you can kind of you know. Work things out, you know, as the season goes. By the way, Taylor, thank you. Um, great talking to you, buddy. Um, Tony Vitello is going to be on here on Thursday. My daughter the other day said to me, because we were watching the fight together, and me and Tony were texting during the uh, MMA. She said, Dad, why do you call him Tony Vitello? It's not his name, is it? She said, his name Vitello? And I said, yeah, I said, I'm just, you know, 
something Jerry Colquitt taught me, Vitalo. I kind of like it better. I think, but Matt, we've got a lot of things we're going to discuss with Tony. Not mean to get silly and off in the weeds there with my in, inanity, as I'm prone to. But we've got a lot of things to talk with Tony about, some things to pin him down on. And I'm sure at some point Thursday, Matt, he's going to say to me, oh, man, I don't want to tell you this. And he's going to tell us. Because they've got it. They've got to figure out what they're going to do going into league play. And that's one thing I'm going to try and drill down on is in terms of the lineup that we saw the other day um, with Dickey hitting six. Is that what we're going to do going forward? That's one. And then the second thing is what you guys just talked about with that outfield rotation. And would you be averse to throwing that dryling kid into a Southeastern Conference game to keep his bat in the lineup and throw him in center field? Which I guess there's only one way to learn how to swim, and that's to get in the swimming pool. The kid's obviously a pretty good athlete. Do, do we know if Dryling played any center field growing up? Do we know that, Matt? Uh, I actually don't know that. I, yeah. I, I just know he, project, he projects as a, as a corner outfielder. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's probably played there. Uh, I would assume he was probably the best athlete on the field every time he, he stepped out there most games. Yeah. But we, we could ask Tony. I, I don't know that for sure. We, yeah, yeah, well, that's a good thing to drill him down on. Yeah, we will. And, and we'll – so, Tony, if you're – if you're ready, brother, you're going to walk into the octagon Thursday. If you think you're getting a bunch of softball questions from me because you think I'm kind of, you know, whatever, enamored with you, you're getting some hard-hitting. Hey, Go ahead. Brian, how many UFC questions do we need to limit Tony to? Like two at the most? This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. Matt Dixon's got a pretty good idea that he thinks we ought to do to ensure that Tennessee goes far. He thinks he wants me to ramp it up on this basketball team between now and the tournament. And, Matt, could you elaborate on that, and then we'll go to the phones. Well, you know, we, we already have a, the petition, so you kind of have to step up from that. Yeah. But, you know, given given your kind of track record with predictions, yes, that Wednesday before the tournament starts, I just think you should have an on-air funeral and just bury this team. <laughs> that way they actually have a chance of getting to that second weekend. In a lot of ways... That would be pretty fun to do. 
We could get like um, some have, have, have a show dedicated to what, what people would put in the casket. Yeah, some of the people in our we could have like, who's uh, Bonner. Bonner could come in and say a few words. Go ahead, Bry. Who's this year's answer to J.P. Prince, or do we have one? No, he occupies a special space so. in Tennessee lore. Of mad if he plays. I guess Olivia Kumwa would drive you nuts like he did. There, there are some maddening but, players on this roster, but JP Prince, man, I he, just don't think anybody has the upside of JP. No, Prince when on he roster, finally decided to turn it up in that tournament and showed us who he was, that's we. It was worth getting mad at that dude because he went crazy in that tournament. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey guys, it's Foley. Holy, the question is, what is an acceptable showing in the tourney? Are they, is it already acceptable that they've made the tourney? One win or a Sweet 16 appearance? I would say since uh, the conference schedule uh, results was a failure, in my opinion, I would say that the minimum passing grade would be Sweet 16, Anything more than a C would be getting to the lead eight to me. I'm glad you're not my professor. So a C is matching the greatest showing in school history. Hey, Matt, are you glad he's not your professor? Paulie's going to flunk the world, Matt. What a brain donor. Hey, Tony? Uh, yes. He's, we're, aren't we, our program, you know, I'm tired of us counting our program short, selling our program short. Uh, our coaches top five paid in the country. Our attendance is probably top five and we're settling for, we're, we're paying for a filet mignon and we're settling for a liver, liver sausage sandwich. Matt, are you going to refute that? What this man saying? Um, I, I mean, I, I agree with him to an extent, but you're going. I mean, you make the tournament every year. You you win a whole lot of games. You have some some really nice wins. It's it's not like you're you're back in buzz ball. Yeah, you're making this thing sound. Come on now, let's be fair here. Well, well the, the the things that I the quick things I got here is like I said before. How can we give him slack for not developing his his roster? We give Stackhouse trouble. For not recruiting. What's worse, recruiting but not developing your players, keeping them on the bench? Uh, the other thing, Tony, I remember when we would have all these terrible, terrible football coaches, and callers would say, uh, no, who are we going to get? And you would get so mad. You would get so mad when someone would say, okay, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? That's not our job to decide who we're going to get. Um, but I'm, well, what do you mean? Who are you going to get? What are you talking about? You remember getting another like, coach? No, like I'm afraid I, we we shouldn't be settling for mediocre. Grow, uh, it's not mediocre. What are you talking about? They won 22 games, man. They're fifth in the Ken Palm. It's a tournament sport. They were fifth in the Ken Palm. What do you mean mediocre? What are you talking about, dude? We, we were fifth in a conference. I'll tell you, mediocre. Auburn this year, just barely scraping in by the chin on my skinny skin skin, or whatever the word is. They're mediocre, you clown. Vandy's mediocre, and they kicked our ass. 
Missouri. Oh, I mean, let's let's try the whole season. Everybody loses games. They, they needed a last second buzzer to do that, though. I mean, yeah, Brian. Everybody loses games, man. Why don't you? Hey, listen, 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 listen. Why don't you grow up, man? Grow up. It didn't come down to a buzzer shot. Well, you know what? You you know what? Last time you were on here, you used the term Rick Bruins, didn't you? I I got one more question. Didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't you? Did you say Rick Bruins last time you were on here? Yes or no? I have one more point. Did you say Rick Bruins last time you were on here? Yes or no? This is like the term. Well, you're out of here. Don't use that term on here. I don't want to hear that term. Let's go back to our phones. Josh, you boy, welcome in. Brian's a fan of Mick Bruins out there. Hey, Tony. Hey, Josh, you boy. <laughs> Paulie's hey, in his feelings lately. Yeah, you're hey, on your Pat. feels, Paulie. Hey, I mean, Pat. hey, Brian. Hey, Joshy. Hey, Joshy. My first question is for Matt. Matt, going forward with uh, this Tennessee baseball team, like if they get to Omaha this year, does it worry you any that this middle of the order is like a struggling hitting the ball? Uh, I mean, if you get you get to Omaha, you're, you know, I I don't think you have any worries about your team. If you I mean, if you get to that far, you're you've had an incredible season. So I, I mean, yeah. and then really the middle of the order is not the issue. I think it's kind of that bottom half there. Um, I, I do I do think you have a lot of unproductive outs, and and you're not you're not advancing runners, and you're not generating runs without home runs. I do think that is potentially an issue because it, it was last year as well. You just were able to mask it with just mashing balls over the fence, but the the middle of the order is not going to be an issue. I I think the bottom of your order. And just being able to generate runs in, in bigger parks or on days when the ball's not carrying um, could potentially be the biggest issue with, with this team. Matt, it was uh, really good seeing uh, Kyle Booker finally breaking through in that Gonzaga series. I'm glad for the kid that uh, he had a nice series against Gonzaga. Yep. Yeah, the talent's there, all the talent in the world. And, then, you know, even the last two years – He'll get a hold of a ball and it'll it'll just the exit below off the bat's just incredible. Joshy boy, what is an acceptable finish to the season from here? It is already I'm, acceptable. Win I'm a game like, in the NCAA tournament or win two. What's your answer? Tony, I'm like you. I'm I don't know until the bracket is made, but right now if I had to make a guess, the sweet sixteen. Joshy boy, it's an incredible phone call from you. Can I? Are you sure? Are you sure you want to mess with your phone call? Because you've had an incredible one compared to what Polly Joe just did. Not Polly. Not Polly Joe. He's a clown. I mean, he is a. He's an absolute knucklehead. And for him to. Polly. Yeah. Tony, out the door. I'm gonna go off the top rope. After the game was over, I shook hands. With Polly Joe, I took my clipboard, turned that some bitch sideways, and stuck it straight up Polly Joe's candy ass. <laughs> Hello and welcome. <laughs> Lord, how do you follow that? Copper card on the mail. 
Vandy Joe's going to tell us how to feel about the basketball season, y'all. No, hey, no. man, I'm really sorry you guys lost that Robbins kid. That's that's a shame. He's Here such he a great player. What did you think, Joe, of uh, Stackhouse getting co-coach of the year after all that? Co-coach of the year. Bow thy well, head. That was voted on by the coaches. Do you think they're trying to keep him down there? Is that what you think that is? It may very well be the case. It's really curious, man, because they ignored this Dennis Gates at Missouri who took a team that was picked 14th in the league and finished third with them. And he doesn't get he doesn't get run? Jerry Stackhouse gets run? I mean, are you kidding me? Look, Gates, Gates should have been coach of the year. No, no doubt. I mean, hey, come on. I'm just. I'm I'm being real here. <clears throat> I'm not going to give you a prediction. I don't think it's my place to do that. Uh, what I wanted to talk to you about was is you've been raving on Barnes of being uninspired as far as the play is concerned. Fast break. Yeah. Comparison. Don DeVoe. I'd like to know. I'd like to know how many fast break points. DeVoe had against SEC opponents in wow. his seasons as UT coach. I specifically remember against, when he was coach. Compare him against, against Barnes. i got to ask Griff and about that because I'm going to tell you something. I, got, I remember how bad when I first got here, 87 on, the two, three seasons of DeVoe basketball that I saw, how bad they were on fast breaks. That He was a defense first coach. And they were not comfortable at all running. Now they, unlike these teams, at least tried to run, but they were not good at it. To your point, yeah, yeah. right. But, but they I, tried to run. This guy doesn't even try to run. This guy here, they were two eighty-seven with Kennedy Chandler. I mean, are you kidding me? No offense. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM one hundred one point seven FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and Chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is T. Willie, and I've got our very favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And as always, uh, you have some great, great specials for us. So uh, what do you got this week coming up right now? All righty. Well, this week we have fresh ground beef, two seventy nine dollars a pound, whole ribeyes, four ninety nine dollars a pound, 
strawberries, two for four. Bego soft drink, two liters, four for five. And Dasani water for $5.99. But we also have a special going on right now. While supplies last, beef tenderloins, $9.99 a pound for a whole tender and $10.99 a pound for the filet. Wow, well, what a great deal that is. Uh, people need to come in and get that. And as you said, that's while supplies last. So people need to hurry over. And again, as always, you guys are seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. right there in West 7th Street. So uh, you have a great day and a great week. And again, thank you and thank all the great people that work there. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty. Thank you. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.